Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Irvin Dazzle St. Louis is an athlete, dancer, street performer, and was a former vegan for 21 years. Wow. Fortunately, after a series of events, Dazzle decided to reintroduce meat into his diet in 2017, which culminated in going into a full carnivore diet in 2022. Transitioning from not allowing any meat into his house to going entirely meat-based was a dramatic change and certainly surprised his kids. <laughs> but dramatic changes can lead to dramatic results, and now at 48 and full carnivore, he is healthier and more active than ever. Dazzle has been featured on many podcast episodes with some of our former guests and some of my favorite people, including Dr. Anthony Chafee, the host of the Plant Free MD platform, and James Lehman, also known as the Carnivorist on Instagram, who is also the host of the wonderful Carnivorous Chats podcast. Dazzle can be found on his Instagram at Regiment Bartendas Canada, and that's B-A-R-T-E-N-D-A-S Canada. Dazzle, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio. Hey, man, how you doing? Dude, so good, man. I told you off air, and I totally mean this. You are my voice hero. I think I invited you on just so I can have you talk for like an hour. I'm not going to say anything. Just just say whatever. Read off your, your shopping list if you like. Tell me about things in your house. Like, you've got a great voice. Thank you very much, man. That's hilarious because I don't even like my own voice. <laughs> well, you know, whenever you listen to your voice, you're like, oh, man, this sounds awful. Yes. That's 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 how I feel about my voice. So if you like my voice, hey, it's fantastic. Great. <laughs> it's a great thing. <laughs> man, I, yeah, going down this podcasting journey and listening to all of the episodes that I do when they come out, I've had to hear so many hours of my own voice talking, and I absolutely despise it. I hate it. <laughs> Oh my God, uh, that's the worst, I'm telling you. <laughs> dude, and it's so different too, because like when you're listening to yourself all the time, you realize like how many times normal people say um and ah uh, and whatever. And it's like, I'm, I'm micro picking at myself because I hear it and it's recorded. But but again, I, I've told our listeners, you guys say it just as much as we do. So <laughs> take it easy on us. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. So I wanted to ask you about your name, Dazzle. Was that something given by your parents? Was that something that, that you took on? Yo, the Dazzle is a name that I took on later on in life as a, as an artist. It's been with me since I'm, I was 15, I would say at least, cool. 14, 15. So I've been calling myself that since I was that that age about. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I really love it. Um, and you are from Canada originally, correct? Yeah, Montreal, Canada. Are you a hockey player, fan of hockey? No, no, no. I mean, I've, I, I used to watch hockey before, but it's been years that I haven't followed the sport anymore. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, in the introduction, we mentioned some of the podcasts that I've heard you on with Dr. Anthony Chafee, Dr. and James Lehman, who's not a doctor, but um, has a very similar yeah. story to yours. I, I'm saying this to brag, dude. I've gotten to hang out with both of them. I hung out with James at cool. KetoCon. I was with Dr. Chafee at the Symposium for Metabolic Health a week ago. Dude, I, w I had lunch with Dr. Chafee like a week wow. and a half ago. And dude, they are just as kind and wonderful and healthy and vibrant in person as they are like in, in podcasts and the content that, that you and I, you know, connect and consume of theirs all the time. So happy to report they are amazing people. Cool, man. I'm happy to hear that. I mean, li listen, with the work, the type of work that they're doing, I'm, I'm, I'm so not surprised because they're doing tremendous, tremendous work. That's helping thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, you know? Yeah, we definitely need to get this word out even more. But yeah, to see their radiant skin and, you know, knowing where James was and how difficult his journey into veganism was and how, how much it destroyed him physically. He's got great muscle mass, really good tone. So just happy nice. to report that they are some wonderful, wonderful people. 
happy to hear that, man. Really happy to hear that. That's great. Let's talk can't about. Wait, can't wait to meet them in person as well. You know. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And you go to those conferences, and everybody is kind of, you know, they're on a spectrum of a journey, and some people are more metabolically healthy than others. But it's it's like the. The, the spirit of it or like everybody in this state of mind where they're clear headed and calm. And like, you'd expect, you know, these technical complicated medical conferences, like in the afternoon, these deep presentations, everybody's alert and aware and nobody's drifting off to sleep. And it's just, it's, it's a really cool vibe. If you ever get a chance, it's really amazing to hang out with a bunch of like-minded people. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Let's talk about your personal story. Um, you obviously have been very interested in, um, you know, physical things, dancing and, and that kind of thing. So health has obviously been a big priority to you for a long time, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've been, uh, I was a dancer. I mean, I started dancing very young or I would say around 12, 13 is when I got really interested into dancing that I started even performing. And later on in life, I would say early twenties, very early twenties, I started getting interested in um, the, what I was putting into my mouth, and I started get, reading literature and stuff about uh, foods and uh, you know you are what you eat stuff like that. Then I obviously I fell into more of a vegetarian uh, uh, narrative about what's what was better for the human body, and I started getting you know diving into what what the you know what I was seeing and reading, and I felt I think uh, there's a particular book. I think it was called the Green Book. I, I, I'm not sure, but it was it was a book that was more, I would say, uh, like a Buddhist kind of type of book, and it really broke down the importance of um, of not eating meat and the uh, you know the animals, the what happens to the animals when you eat them. Anyway, anyway, so that kind of book shocked me when I first read it. I think I was, I may have been 20 when I 19 or 20 when I read that book. That book kind of shocked me and that was the first book that you know motivated me to say you know what let me try this vegetarian thing so you know and that was my first kind of introduction and from there once i started it was it was history. I just kept on going for like 20 something years. Wow. You and I both absolutely cherish the book, uh, the great plant-based con by Jane Reese Buxton, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah. Such a great book. She did such an amazing job writing it. We're going to have her on for the second time here in the next few months. So really looking forward to that. And she does such a great job of setting up the different arguments that vegetarians and vegans make. And it seems to me that the environmental impact argument is relatively new, like maybe like the last 10 or 15 years. If you go back and think back on the book that you found, it was really more just the the, the two part where the, it's it's the best way to feed yourself and it's also not doing harm to animals. Is that correct? Was there an environmental impact um, message at all back then? Zero environmental impact when I was reading that. This it really wasn't all about that. It was more about the philosophy of uh, killing and uh, the harms that you do to animals and what they feel in, in the moment that they're being killed and how they're treated. And then later on came all, all these uh, mass productivity of meat and how they treat the animals and blah, blah, blah. That came on a little bit later on. But when I first started, I would have to say it was probably 96, 95. When I read that book, it was around 95. And when I became a uh, vegetarian was in 96. Then after that, it, uh, you know, I went through the whole process of vegetarian, then veganism, where I cut milk, I cut cheese, I cut, uh, you know, everything else that was kind of animal based. I, I never really fully cut out uh, honey, which is something that I kept even through, even though I was quote unquote called ve a vegan, but uh, I was, uh, I wasn't eating like no dairy, no, I obviously no meat, you know, and uh, 
that's pretty much what, what, what my routine was, my diet was. Gotcha. Okay, so so let's start with the transition of whatever you were eating before you read that book to transitioning more into vegetarianism. Was that was that a huge jump for you, or that was that like pretty easy for you to do? Well, it was a huge jump because already culturally speaking, uh, I come from my Caribbean background, Haitian background, and it's, it's uh, there's a lot of meat in our in our diet. There's a lot of carbs, but there's a lot of meat. So for me to go from completely cutting off meat was 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 a spectacular thing because now I'm going to have to deal with my family. I'm going to have to deal with the you know with the with the uh, cultural structure of, of of that decision. Whenever I go to my parents' house, I mean my aunts or, or, or cousins or friends or whatever. That that's you know it's gonna be how do you explain that stuff to them for them it's it's a completely foreign thing it's a crazy thing you know so therefore just on that level making that decision was very was 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 very intense then you then you go to the other aspect of okay now that you that you have to deal with people socially culturally okay now it's the other aspect of okay now where where do I get to find everything that has no meat now when you go to restaurants when you when you travel and you, this and that we're talking about over 20 something almost 30 years ago that I was doing this you know that I started this so it was very different back then and uh the 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 impact was the pressure I find was way more than what it is today today everywhere you look at plant based this plant based that you know everywhere you look at today it's the the whole culture around you is around plants. You know what I'm saying? You you can't go wrong. Like, you know, you you feel like you're doing something right right away if you're only eating plants. But back then it wasn't like that. It was the other way around. Not eating not eating meat was like, man, you know, it was crazy. But today it's different. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Somebody at this at the symposium for metabolic health that I just returned from made the presentation and said, like, look, we are on a plant-based diet. We are currently all eating plant-based diets. That's the way our diet is shifted. Um and it's interesting. I I know you were born in Canada, but you've got the Haitian background. Isn't Haiti yeah. one of the most poor countries in the Caribbean? Well, it's, yeah, it's definitely one of the poorest countries, if not the most poor poorest country in the in the Caribbean. And uh, yeah, and they do value uh, animal proteins as as a big part of their diets. I mean, they do. They absolutely do. I mean, I went to the first time I went to Haiti. I was very young. It was in 1980. I was five years old. But I still I have very vivid memories of that trip. And uh, I remember in, in the backyard of my uh, one of my my uncle, there was uh, there was uh, not cattle, but there was uh, chickens, uh, goats, uh, I think uh, turkeys, stuff like that. So. And everywhere I went, even on the outskirts of where we were, where my uncle lived, same thing. They would, you know, cattle, animals in the wild, you know, while just in the backyards, you know, they were getting, gonna get, be ready and prepared to eat, to be eaten. So that's the lifestyle. Now, now, not everybody has access to meat. Uh, the more, the more, the poorer you are, the less access you have to meat. Obviously, that's pretty much everywhere it is, everywhere in the world. So, there's a lot of people that do not have access and do not have the advantage of having a meat-based diet on a regular basis. And that's not because of it's a choice. It's because of their social economic situation. So there's a lot of people who use the argument, yeah, well, in Haiti, a lot of poor people, they don't eat meat. Yeah, they don't eat meat because they can't afford it or they don't have access to it as easily as uh, others who are more uh, economically uh, well well off, so so there's that's one of a, the reasons why 
a lot of people may not have access to meat or easily or on a regular because of their social economics situation. Even though you could say to some extent, well, it's, you know, they could have a live chicken right there. They could have a goat right there. They could still kill it and make it and whatever. It doesn't take that much money. But however, even to get that animal, you have to have some kind of some form of structure and be able to feed it and be able to take care of it, be able to have the land for it, be able, you know, so there's a whole lot that comes with that that uh, affects the accessibility to people to actually get to eat meat on a regular basis. Yeah, I really appreciate that. When you start looking into the work of people like Dr. Ansel Keys, who came up with a completely fraudulent seven-country study, you realize some of the areas that he's studying are in places like Italy, which is torn up after World War II in the 1950s. Um, you know, Okinawa, Japan, which is also torn up after the war in Japan. And, and like, the people were eating more vegetables than they were eating meat and 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 that's what was documented is showing like okay they eat less meat and they have less heart attack therefore um you know we should all be eating this but the problem is it was at a time when these places were torn up and the people are quoted as saying like we don't even like this stuff we would much rather be eating more goats and goat's milk and all kinds of different animal products we just were it's a it's a poor area that's been torn up by the war so it's a totally different context exactly yeah. Well, I really appreciate you elaborating on that. And I also appreciate you going into the social difficulty of eating this way, especially back then. I, I imagine, especially in the location of the world that you were, there couldn't have been many people heading in the vegetarian vegan direction at the time. And it must have been very socially awkward. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, I mean listen, I was I was the butt of the joke. Every time, everywhere I went with my friends, they would have absolute, you know, a feast about making jokes about me and the way I was eating and it would be debates and battles with them. I mean, it was, today it's all fun. It's all fun. But uh, it was funny because they used to laugh at me back then and they used to make fun of me. And I would have to say a good 75% of these people today are either vegetarian or they either went, turned around and became vegan or, or vegan or trying to be vegan today. So it's, 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 you know, uh, how the tables have turned. It's Full circle. You know? <laughs> Full circle. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, so in your vegetarian days, what animal foods did you keep in your diet? You mentioned like dairy and things like that. What other animal foods are you including at the time? Uh, that I kept, you said? Yep, that you kept in uh, well, through your vegetarian days before you went vegan. Well, before before I went vegan, uh, I kept uh, like dairy cheese. I would, I would still have once in a while. I had cut milk. But everything dairy, I would still indulge in what was dairy. And a little bit of fish also. I would eat a little bit of fish as well. And after, after that, once I decided to say, you know what, it's okay, no more animal products. Uh, I cut off uh, the cheese, the all anything like milk, and even the fish for a while. So what, what happened with the fish is I would have I would cut off everything else, but fish would always come back. I would go without fish for like a year, two years, three years. Then the fish would come back for a year. Then off the fish for another year or two. Then the fish would come back. So the fish was all, the only animal product that I kind of kept here and there, inserted here and there in my diet throughout the whole time. You know, what, Why did you decide to bring fish in temporarily? Like if you went without it for a few years, was it like some type of craving? Like what, what, do, you, what do you think you were mixing it in? N now that I'm that I'm really fully aware. I think there's a lot of it had to do with cravings. A lot of it was craving. I really craved for something like that. And I, I like the taste of fish. 
And today I'm realizing it's because my body was asking <laughs> for that. I, I needed something substantial in my body that would satisfy me. And fish seemed to be the food that would that, would, that I was kind of satisfied every time I would have it. I mean, I'd be hungry a few hours later, but in the moment that I ate it, I was very satisfied. Mm. So I think that, that's why it stayed in my diet. And for me, it was something that was, I was less, I felt less guilty to eat fish than to say, well, let me just go eat chicken or beef. So, you know, yeah. even for philosophically speaking, I think it was something that for me made me feel better to eat fish than to eat anything else. You gotcha. Know? It's so interesting. Your story and James Lehman's story have so many different parallels. Like he grew up in <laughs> Bermuda. He moved to Canada. Um, he would, you know, do the plant-based thing and watch his health suffer. But then fish was the thing that he was always craving as well. And I, I wonder if a yeah. lot of that comes from being, you coming from an island where that would be very much available and have wonderful seafood and, and lots of really great fish. That's super interesting. Um, I want to talk about your health. And again, we'll kind of stay more in the vegetarian kind of days before you transition vegan. How was your overall health as you are focusing your diet on eating more plant foods? I mean, prior to eating um, only plant foods, I, I would have to say I wasn't, I mean, I was always an active kid because I started dancing very young and I took it very seriously. So it was my passion. So physically speaking, I was, I was in good good shape when i think about it today i was in very good shape i i didn't have no apparent ailments that i that i could say i i could pinpoint and say oh my transition now this went away when i became vegetarian vegan you know so at the beginning i can't say that i had any ailments because i was was very young i was 19 20 20 20 when i uh became uh i think is it 20 or no a little bit later on maybe 21 21 22 is when i became vegetarian so my i was i was in i mean healthy shape peak 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 top shape uh dancing a lot training a lot so I, for that part I, I would have to say the youthfulness of myself and the activity took over everything else yeah i was i was in good condition physical condition because of that gotcha. you know Youth is wasted on the young. If we would have known some of this stuff <laughs> back yeah, then, yeah. we would have had a different life. Okay, so yeah. awesome. So feeling good, um, you know, doing the vegetarian thing. Tell us about the, the transition onto a vegan diet. So yeah, so then then after a while, um, I, I used to live with a roommate at the time, and, and we both started this together. And we're like, you know what? We need we really need to get deep into this. We we got to be serious about it if we want to, you know, go all out and really focus on our health fully we, we you know we got to cut off the dairy because dairy is terrible for you and blah 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 so then i would say a year or so a year or so or two into it that's when we decided to say okay it's uh that's it we cut off the uh, we cut off the dairy completely no more dairy no more milk and whenever i would whenever i would try to eat milk again oh man my stomach would go off i would you know you know like diarrhea or excessive farting you know excessive bloating like so therefore so then then i was like you know what yeah milk is really bad so we really got to cut it off you know yeah. so so therefore that's i would say around two years into it that's when we decided i decided to nope enough enough of this dairy stuff we want to go full out so to get more into finding out about more 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 plants based like recipes and you know since i'm from the islands i and back home there's a lot of stuff you know, ground foods that we substitute uh, for quote, quote unquote meat. So therefore I would, I, I, you know, I uh, navigated towards that, 
that those foods, you know, a lot of plantains, a lot of cassavas, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, sweet potatoes, all that kind of foods. I, I completely diverted myself towards these foods and they became an essential part of my diet, you know? Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. there's, there's kind of this idea that if you're, if you're going vegan, vegan is salads and whole foods and the things that you're describing. But when you really look at what a vegan diet is, you can't really survive very well on that stuff. So it ends up being very high percentage of ultra processed foods. And yeah, you're going to have some vegetables, but the whole diet can't be vegetables. So that's not enough calories. So did you find that you were eating a lot of ultra processed foods as well? When I first started, not as much, because like I said, I would, uh, like there was, there's so much varieties of food. And, and, and our culture that I was able to sustain on a lot of that stuff. But now the, the, the more you advance, the years go by, go ahead. Now you have the sword protein products, which, which is one of the stuff that I, that I used to, 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 to eat, to indulge in, in the beginning was so, some sword protein cubes that you, you put, you put in the pan, you fry them or whatever. And they, they, they almost taste like meat, but they're, they're like soy protein, you know? So there would be that. I would buy them in packages in, uh, in Indian restaurant, uh, Indian uh, markets or, you know, West Indian markets and you'd find them. So that was the, that was my beginning of process, ultra processed food. But later on, it became even more apparent because now the fad and when you, the 2000 came about, I would say mid 2000, uh, 2005, 2000, 10, that's when all the other products start coming out. Like, you know, the fake meat, fake meat, this fake meat, that blah, blah, blah. So then I started getting into those things, you know, then. So now, now, now you start to realize that a lot of the stuff that you're buying, everything is packaged. Everything is packaged. And there's like 15, 20 different ingredients, uh, 30 different ingredients, 40, 50 different ingredients and all the stuff that you eat. But you, you know, you say to yourself, you know what? It's not meat. How bad could it be? But yet it's full of, uh, vegetable oils, uh, full of, bunch of other stuff that you can't even put, you know, spell tofu, uh, 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 soy protein and this and that. So, so there was so many other stuff that was in it that was detrimental for our health that, you know, I realized that, you know, in the long run, you're, you're in far worse place than you were, you know, before that, you know? For sure. You get, you get a really good idea of this. If you turn the, the packaging for like a, a Beyond Burger or Impossible Meat or whatever, you read the ingredients, no. you're like, these are not ingredients that I would find in my kitchen. Like, this is this is not a healthy food. This is coming from China. These are ingredients flowing all over the place. This is not environmentally better in any particular way, and it's definitely not better for our health. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So back to motivations. Now your motivation for, for the two of you going, um, vegetarian to vegan, was it more health or was it more planetary and, and animal kind of rights kind of, kind of approach? It was, it was, a, it was a lot of both, but I would say more health, you know, but it was, it was still also the, the, the animals, you yeah. know, we definitely had that somewhere, somewhere on the side of our mind, on the back of our mind, we definitely thought about that as well. It's so. such a great motivation. It's such an awesome misguided yep. motivation. It, it's, you love the yep. planet, you love animals. You don't want to kill them. You don't want to be part of it. It's, it's again, yep. for, for somebody who's young and influential, it's such a, it's such an enticing message because you really feel like you're making an amazing impact. How long was your honeymoon period? We hear with tons of people that they go vegan and it's awesome. It feels great. Um, I mean, listen, my honeymoon period was a, you know what, I, I, I have to say when I, when I did this, I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cheat besides the fish, obviously here and there and 
sometimes falling back into the cheese. It's not, I, I didn't cheat. I didn't, I didn't crave to go for meat or this and that. So I, I for me to have lasted 21 years, it's because, man, I, I, you know what I mean? I was, I was really dogmatic about this. Very, very much dogmatic. So, and I did not associate anything physical to that was happening to me to my diet because for me, I'm doing the perfect diet for, for mankind. This is this is the Garden of Eden way of eating. You cannot tell me anything else. You know, this is my belief. Uh, this is how we're supposed to eat. God put us on this earth to eat this way. We're not supposed to kill animals, and when we do kill animals, we are sinning grave, gratefully. You know, like we're not. We're we're going against the grain of what nature is telling us to do and blah, blah, blah. So basically, I I, kind of followed this philosophy for so long and, you know, it was very wrong. (laughs) Yeah. If I go time travel back to when you were kind of in the middle of veganism, if I would have tried to tell you some of the things that you know now about carnivore, would you have been able to like engage me in a conversation? Would we've gotten to an argument? Do you feel like you could have defended your, um, your thoughts pretty well at that time? We would have definitely gone into a conversation. Uh, it may have, I'm, it, it could have went where it would have been an emotional conversation where probably I would have got agitated and very passionate because I was very passionate about this, you know? And so would I, if I understood or heard what you said, I would have listened, but I don't know if, if, it would have, if I would have registered everything. Probably... I don't know. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm seeing that at the level that I was, facts. It's almost as if facts didn't almost didn't matter. You know, it's like like when when you're dogmatic about something, a lot of times facts doesn't matter, don't matter. And and I can see it now. There's so much facts that I'm that I'm laying down to people, that I'm talking to people when I have conversations about this, and uh, and and I'm bringing out some things that are that are irrefutable, but the facts don't matter if if. They, if, if they believe in something and it's going to shatter their their perception if you know it's cognitive dissonance they're completely going to be thrown off and they don't don't want to deal with it and it's it's, it's going to completely shatter your your reality so therefore they'd rather s- stick to what they know and what they feel comfortable in and which is pretty much the state that I, I was in when I was in when I was a vegan so to me we would have had the conversation absolutely I would have never cut you off of but it would have probably been a heated debate yeah. that I would have definitely lost, but not a thought that I lost, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. We would have walked away you from know? the conversation feeling stronger about our own points. We wouldn't yes. be able to influence each other. Did you hear about no. the debate that happened um, a few months ago at the public health collaboration in the United Kingdom? No, it was with uh, Sean Baker. Was Sean Baker there? Sean was there. Yes. Dr. Chafee was there virtually. So I got to talk to him as we were at lunch um, last week. Um, did you okay. Did you hear anything about like how it went? No, I actually, I, I, I heard it was happening, but I never really got the feedback from it. Could you tell yeah. tell me a little bit more about I'm, it? I'm, yes. so, I'm so glad that first of all, it did happen. And second of all, it was respectful. So right off the bat, that's, I think... I think all of us agree, anybody in the carnivore space wanted to see something like that happen, but also wanted just to have an honest conversation and not to argue and to bicker about things, but to just get people's opinions. And that's very much what you're describing is exactly kind of how it went. There were a few doctors that were carnivore, a few were, you know, more vegetarian. One, I believe one was like pure vegan. And it really was like, this is a science versus this is my personal feelings and emotion. One of the doctors helped cured her, her daughter's like IBS on a plant-based diet. And so that was a really emotional conversation. Again, nothing got, got thrown out that was, um, 
you know, bickering and fighting each other, but there was, from the sounds of it, a lot more emotional buy-in on the one side versus, you know how people are in this world. Like, like they are so careful about the things they say, what they claim, what they're absolutely not claiming. We, we think we know this. We're not really sure about this. Here's what we know about our evolution or whatever it is. Like, it's the, the facts, like you say, are, are really clear. Um, and people are very careful about that. When you drift over to the other side that's more plant-based, it's like everybody knows that you should eat more fruits and vegetables. Vegetables. And it's like, well, that's not really a scientific fact. You know what I mean? So very interesting that you kind of had that same experience. It's, it is more of an emotion than it is like facts, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, obviously, now that I look at it, I realize that there's no way I could have went well into my 50s and 60s feeling this way if I kept on eating the way I did. Yeah. There's no way. Wow. Because already, well, well into my 40s, I was already starting to feel all these kind of pains in my body and slowed down tremendously in my dancing because of it, even in my training. Uh, there's so much pain, my knees, arthritis, uh, uh, inflammation, my lower back, my arms, tennis elbow, guff elbow. There was so much physical ailments that was happening to me that I was like, man, is that is is, is that my future? Is that what I'm going to have to deal with? Is that what it is to, to, to age? So so I started I started accepting my fate. And saying, you know what, this it, this is probably what it is. Until I fell on carnivore, and I was like, this is this is impossible. I cannot believe that all my life, I I I thought and believe in this way of eating, and now I'm realizing that this whole time I was wrong. I was doing it wrong. I mean, the the the, the idea of you know wanting to be healthier was was there. You know, to to to, to search and to to go towards a better lifestyle. It was all there. But the means that I took to get that better lifestyle was all wrong. And, you know, it was the other way around. You're eating the perfect diet. It's the best diet. It couldn't be that for sure. I, I, I don't, I don't, today I have to say, I can't, I don't see any other way. I don't, I don't see it any other way. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even get into debates anymore with people about it. I just get, you know, give my point about it. And, and if they say something, I say, listen, well, I've been doing it for a year now. Look how I feel. Look how I look. Uh, a lot of the ailments that I had before, I don't have them anymore. Explain that to me. Yeah. So if, you know, <laughs> I'm saying, and I'm, I'm talking about myself, but I've watched in the last year, I've watched hundreds of testimonies, you know, I don't know how many episodes of Dr. Shapies and Sean Bakers and, uh, and, 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 and the likes that I've watched throughout the year. I've seen so many. So, and, and I started watching the content in uh, January of 2020, uh, 2022. That's when I started watching the content. And I was like, man, and I haven't stopped since then. Up till this day, I still watch here and there. I watch some of the testimonies and I'm, you know, and I'm happy to see that more people are getting into this. More people are realizing that this is a better uh, lifestyle for the majority of the people on the planet. That's amazing. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but that's what it is. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, that was a perfect segue, actually. I was going to ask you how your health was kind of deteriorating. You mentioned a lot of physical issues. Um, what other things did you notice? Uh, tell us about like what you were noticing in particular, like with your brain or emotionally, were you noticing that that, that you were also deteriorating in those ways as well? Uh, brain fog is one of the first things that I, I have to say that I've noticed uh, once I started the carnivore diet that affected me, that completely disappeared. And, and it is the main reason why I started the carnivore diet, but watching all the, the podcasts that I was seeing, 
I I noticed a lot of people mentioning brain fog. At first, I was like, "What? What is brain fog? What the hell is brain fog?" Then, after listening to one, two, three, you know, a dozen people talking about it, I was like, "Okay, okay, okay. hold on, hold on a minute. This sounds awfully like how I've been feeling for the last twenty something years. Like, and, and and I'm like, and that could go away. That's not just a state of you know in your brain." And I was like, "Yo, this is this is crazy." So that that became my fixation. I was like, "Well." If that works, I need to start it just to get rid of this. So that was the reason why I started it. Once I started, then I realized, man, I was a very anxious person, very impatient. I dealt with uh, the depression. Uh, so many of these psychological issues fixed themselves. You know, the way I dealt with people, the, 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 the way I dealt with adversity, I'm dealing with adversity till this day. The day I'm dealing with stress, the, the way I'm dealing with it, so many things is so much different. I'm so much calmer. I don't overexert myself with negative thoughts and oh, and, and worrying and this and that. If it's going to happen if it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I take things so much more calmly than I used to. And it's it's something that I've noticed. I So anxiety-wise, depress, depression, brain fog, these are the three main things that I have to say that practically if not completely disappeared from my life. <laughs> Two weeks into my carnivore journey, if this is like the second week in April of 2019, when I realized that what I didn't even think of, my anxiety was like gone and replaced by exactly what you're describing, a calmness and an ability to deal with stress in just a, such a more chill way, that, that stunned me, man. That was so crazy. You mentioned brain fog and it's so ubiquitous that people talk about it and you know, we, everybody experiences it. So it must be normal. We did an entire episode with a, a counselor, Nicole Laurent, uh, all about brain fog and how serious brain fog is like, this is the beginning of dementia. Like you should take this really, oh. really seriously. If you're in your thirties and forties and feeling foggy and forgetful, like that is something to pay attention to and get in front of now oh. and start to fuel your body and your brain with a different fuel, namely ketones, because you're heading down the wrong path. So it's so amazing that you were able to, to find that because I, I, I kind of agree. I think it's, um, I, I don't think it's great. No, it's crazy that you mentioned dementia because my mom passed away in 2016 of, uh, she had a brain aneurysm and, uh, but prior to her passing, passing away, she, she started developing, uh, uh, epilepsy, um, they even said that she might be diagnosed with, um, Alzheimer's. Uh, so I think she was going towards that. She she never got, you know, God forbid, she, you know, she passed away. And I'm happy, I'm kind of happy that she passed away before all of these things develop in a way where it would have made her, you know, invalid. It, it, it is something that she prayed never to have to deal with. But however, that's the direction that she was heading towards, you know, like dementia and Alzheimer. And, you know, she already had epileptic seizures here and there that developed because of her brain aneurysm. So I believe that these could have been, this, this, this could have been, a fate of mine if, if I continued the way I did, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I watched my mom pass away of cancer and we were doing all the right things back in 2000 when low fat diets and lots of sugar, which is the exact opposite thing you should be doing for cancer. Yep. So we, you did the yep. best you can at the time. And I yep. know that was a really dark time for you in your life. And it was also about a year, I believe that we mentioned in the, in the diet that you kind of stepped away from veganism. What did that look like for you? Um, I guess, I'm, I guess, I'm, yeah, let me clarify the question. Like, like yeah. when you decided that you were 
kind of going to not be a vegan anymore. How difficult, how difficult was that for you? Because you mentioned something earlier in the conversation, which is cognitive dissonance. Like that's a really tricky thing to walk away from something that you thought was the very best forever. So how was that mentally and emotionally for you? And what things did you start adding back in? Okay. Well, what what, I, I started with chicken, the, 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 the start off, but what happened is prior to me going, uh, going back into meat, I was like, you know, my, my body was just, for some reason, I was at the point where, man, I, one day I'm home, sitting at home, and a massive craving overtook me. Massive craving. I have to eat meat. And mind you, 20 years, I'm a veg- vegetarian vegan. None of this ever overtook me like that. And all of a sudden, I have this massive craving that I can't control. So I just got up that day and said, you know what? Screw all this. Screw whatever I believe. I'm going to go get a plate of meat. <laughs> so I go out there, run to a Haitian restaurant that was not too far from my house, get a plate of meat, chicken with rice, and that was it. That was my first introduction back to meat, and I never looked back after that. Wow. I could, I, I, yeah, I consumed, I started consuming meat again, went to red meat, and, and it didn't affect me. I said, you know what? If I eat this and I throw up and I... Go to the bathroom like crazy. I'll, I'll stop it. I, I did it. It didn't affect me where I thought it was going to affect me. Diarrhea, massive uh, heartburns, a stomach ache. It didn't. So the second day I did, I did it again, following week, so on and so forth. And I kept on eating meat since 2017, I would say. Yeah. Wow. Socially, no problem. You weren't like in the back corner of the restaurant no, no, or anything? No, no, no. I didn't care. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be that guy. I was like, you know what, people? I started eating meat again. That was it. Wow. I didn't. I didn't try to, yeah, people were, they were, they were surprised, obviously, but they were like, okay, okay, wow, what happened? I was like, you know what? I just, my body just asked for it and I just went for it. That's it. Wow. And no explanation given. And, and, and from that time between 2017 and 2022 is when I started realizing my, man, my body's breaking up. <clears throat> I could have attributed that to say, well, you know, it's because I started eating meat, <clears throat> but I have to say that I was starting to feel some of these things way before that. Yeah. So then I knew it wasn't that. I knew it wasn't the meat. And then when I did fall on the content about carnivore in 2022, early 2022, that's when I said to myself, you know what? I, I took a whole full eight months of just watching pure content, indulging myself, reading articles, reading stuff, getting books on it. And I said, you know what? I really need to get to the bottom of this. And that's when I decided to start in August of 2022. Wow. That's amazing. One of our former guests, uh, his name is Jake Vasquez. He was a former vegan as well. Um, he describes his craving for chicken very similarly to the way that you were, but he was living in Australia in a vegan community. So he literally had to sneak out of the community, buy a rotisserie chicken and sit under some tree away from the community. He said he just tore into this thing like a wolf. Oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, okay. So introducing more meat was what did, did you resolve any of the issues up until 2022? No, because nope. Uh, no, because I was I was a heavy carb eater, yep. so it's something heavy seed oils as well. Yep. Heavy sugar eater, like a lot. I used to love juice, um, you know. So like I, I consume sugar, seed oils, and carbs on a regular basis because for me those weren't things that I needed to eliminate. I knew that I, as a trainer at the time, I knew that okay, I gotta diminish them, but not eliminate them. I thought they were essential. We needed to have carbs in our diet. It was absolutely essential. You gotta have carbs or else, you know? So for me, I never eliminated eliminated these things because of that. So therefore my 
I did not see no no difference in my health because of that. On the contrary, it started getting worse because of that. You know. Yeah, I see. Okay, so it's January 2022. How in the world did you first hear about carnivore? I have a friend who had severe, I think, it's hypothyroid issues or. Yes, and um, he's the one who sent sent me a video of, of Sean Baker, January 2022. I'll never forget this. He sends me a video on Instagram, and I'm like, and I open this video, and I see this buff dude, like with a slab of meat on his, <laughs> on his table, making fun of vegans. I just thought it was hilarious. You know, I was like, oh, this is so funny. But then I'm looking at his face, and I'm like, this guy's only eating meat, like nothing else, like meat, 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 steak, 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 steak. So I'm like... Butter, steak, steak. I'm like, hold on a minute. So then I started watching his content. I was like, this guy's crazy. I mean, he's over the top, but he's hilarious. So I kept on watching his stuff, kept on watching his stuff for months until after Sean Baker, that was his Instagram. So I stuck in Instagram. Then I fell on Dr. Barry. Dr. Barry was the second guy I fell onto. So when I started watching his content of, on, on YouTube, I was like, man, this guy's on point. Yeah, blew my mind. Then I fell on Dr. Shafi. When I fell on Dr. Shafi, I was like, this guy is the samurai of carnivore. <laughs> this, guy, this guy is is chopping everybody's head with his with, with the way he's coming at it. You know, Sean, Sean Baker was like the, the 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 Viking, like the warrior. <laughs> you know, and 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 um and uh what's the name? Dr. Barry was like the the more of a the 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 the, the scientist, the doctor of it, you know, and 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 you know, and Shafi was just like, he was just a samurai. He just came at you with the, with, with these facts and the way he just came at you. He was ready to debate anybody, anywhere, any, anyhow. And, you know, he's always ready, always ready. And I just loved the way he came about it. And I started watching, I, I, I ate their content like no tomorrow. I would download their content on my YouTube and I would watch that. If I would have a three-hour ride, that's what I would listen to. Back and forth and every, on a daily basis. And eight months of doing that stuff before I started doing the carnivore, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. I think our listeners can definitely relate to that obsessive quality of like, once you stumble onto oh, this yeah. stuff, it, then there's a oh, huge yeah. lie that has been perpetuated about nutrition. It's, it just grabs you, dude. Like there's nothing else you want to learn about or read or listen to. Okay. Yep. So, so jumping to August, was it August 1st? You decided your first day sometime in the uh, middle of- First week of August, <clears throat> first week, uh, maybe the 11th or 12th, something like that. First week of August, August because I had went to camping with my girl and her son. So we went camping and coming back from camping. I, I had kind of started keto during that summer to say, you know what? More meat, uh, more fat, uh, less carbs. But first week of, of, of August is when I said, you know what? Carnivore. That's it. Went to Costco bought my slabs of meats and I said that was it it's on butter meat butter meat and that was it the rest is history and and chicken was something that I barely ate till this day it's something that I'll eat it here and there but it's the least of my meat it's not the the meat that I'll I'll go for at first at all that I eat chicken whenever I don't know it's a there's nothing there and you know I want to grab something quick quick fast let me just grab a piece of chicken prepare whatever but that's it yeah. I don't I don't mess with chicken like that more red meat Way more red meat. Yeah. Way more red meat. Were you doing yeah. eggs as well? 
Eggs as well as also eggs as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A lot of eggs. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, me too. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what, what, what you were feeling. If you can go back in time a year ago, can you remember which things started getting better in what order or was it, was it all just within a, a, a little bit of time? Everything was better. Two, three weeks into it, brain fog gone. Um, then knee pain, joint pains, my knee pains gone within a month, month and a half, no more knee pains. No more back pains, no more arm. I had my arms, I had, uh, you know, tennis elbows, uh, you know, arthritis, you know, tennis elbows, golf elbows, gone. And I was like, wow. So within the first month, brain fog is gone. Within the first two months, all my junk pains are gone. Completely disappeared. I was not able to make, do a regular squat. And then I was able to, my, my, my natural position was, to do the it's called the primal squat. I don't know if you know what it, that is. It's a very deep squat. So where your 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 glutes are almost sitting on your heels. So that was a position that I was comfortable in throughout my whole youth up until now. But for some reason for the last I would say 5 years, 5 to 10 years, it was very difficult for me to do because my knees and stuff like that and squat became almost impossible for me to do. So within the first 2-3 months everything came back. Yeah. I love I was that. Able to yeah, I was able to squat again, no more pains on my knees, and no more pains in my arms, joints, lower back. Those were the first thing that I noticed with the brain fog, obviously. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I love the name yeah. primal squat because it is a primal movement yeah. that we should have. If you yeah. want to see this in action, just walk to your closest playground and watch the kids because they're all doing it. First of all, they've thrown their yeah. shoes and are barefoot anyway. They're way smarter than we are and they can sit in that position forever. We should be able to too. It's just with our modern yeah. societies, we it's it, most of us have lost that ability to move like that. So it's cool that you gain that back. Any other yeah. things like more like long-term that you noticed maybe took a little bit longer to resolve or was it pretty much like, like you were feeling pretty great after two, three months. Uh, I, th then after that, I realized IBS. Mm. IBS is something because it's something that I, 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 I struggled with for the last 20 something years. Uh, I, I, I would go to the bathroom a minimum of five, six times a day, minimum, sometimes even eight, nine times a day. I, I, at first I thought it was normal to be honest. I said, you know what? Look at my body. God made me so perfect. I'm able to, you know, to, you know, to, 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 to get rid of all this excess food and all this junk out of my body. So until I realized, man, it's, 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 it's not because it's, it's normal. It's because you have bowel issues, you know, <laughs> irritable bowel syndrome. So therefore that went away. Uh, the excessive uh, flatulence went away. Same thing. So I, the same way I would go to the bathroom six, seven times a day is the same way I would fart maybe 30, 40 times a day. Yeah. That went away. Now I, I it's it, some days I don't even fart at all. Yeah. You know, totally. it's, it's absolutely ridiculous when, when it used to be a regular thing in my life. Like people, people who know me, they knew that that was something that they could, they revered me for this thing, you know? So now it's like, man, it's, it's you barely, I, I go days sometimes without even farting, maybe once or twice in a day. And that's it. Yep. Totally. So it's, it's, it's not something that's ever prevalent in my life. So those were the things that I said that followed the, the IBS and the excessive flatulence. Those are the things that went away. Yeah. I, I remember you on James's episode or the episode you did on James's show where you said um, you felt like it was a superpower. You're pooping. And so I've been in my head, like 
trying to think of like what kind of like like um hero you know super character like would <laughs> would that actually be like what would your cape look like like what kind of superhero oh, would that be because <laughs> i'm because i'm thinking you know what i'm releasing all that stuff from my body they're not staying in there so so therefore it must be good because they're coming out you know the more you go the better it is because you know all that excess crap that you have in your body just, just flows out you know you ain't got to worry about nothing blah 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 so yeah, little did I know. Yeah, you know, totally. Ignorance is a bliss sometimes. Eh? <laughs> That's right. I'll tell people wow. like I used to have books on my to- on my toilets all over the house because if I was going to go to the bathroom, I was going to hang out for a little while. I don't have books on my toilets anymore. I'd never have time. You're in, you're out. It like you're done. It's, it's it. so different. That's it. Wow. Yep. That's it. What do you tell people when they ask you about the necessity of fiber? Well, I I said it's it's not necessary. I said the more you eat a meat based diet. Uh, and a fatty beet based diet, you, there's no need for for fiber like the way it is. And all, obviously, with all everything that I've read and understood, the human body is not even made to process fiber like that. So therefore, it's not something that's beneficial to us. And the reason why when we eat it, it comes out is because we can't process it. It's not bioavailable to us. So therefore, uh, fiber is is another myth. Yep. You know, it's another cultural myth that's been taught to us again. Farmer, big farmers, and you know, and the Anso Keys, and the, you know, and the Ellen Whites of this world, and the Kellers of this world, and all these things are fabricated narratives in order to have us consume these things more and bring us back to, to the farmer suit because you know now we have this disease, we need to get this drug to help us with this stomach issue, and blah 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 blah. So it's a whole cycle that I believe it it, it benefits the the corporations and the big farmers, you know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And conversely, if we take that same cellulose and fiber material, feed it to a cow, a cow has the, the uh, you mentioned bioavailability, has the ability yeah. to ferment that into fats. I don't think a lot of people realize cows run on fats just as much as we should be because they're fermenting and making fats out of the grass. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people fail to understand. And they say, yeah, well, what about gorillas? Look at them. They're so muscular. I say, well, do you know what gorillas do? How, what, how their body's able to process that into fat? Like they turn all of that green stuff that they eat into fat. Huge, you know what I'm saying? Huge guts. Yeah. They've got big jaws with teeth that yeah. are different than ours. We just split from yeah. them and took a different path. It's totally different. It's not the same context. Um, you mentioned you mentioned a lot of really interesting names and Ellen White and Kellogg's. I'm, I'm curious to know what's been some of like the craziest stuff you've ended up learning about nutrition since coming down this path. Man, I mean, you know what? I, I've, what I've the one of the craziest stuff I would have to say is that how this whole nutritional culture I'm going to say it like that how it's a religion. Like I, I, I came to realize how this whole way of eating the food guide and uh, the types of food that we have to eat, a balanced diet, uh, more greens, more fruits, more, all of that stuff. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm realizing how more and more of a religion it is than a actual reality. So people believe in this stuff like, you know, like God came down and gave him the tablets, you know, of, of, of truth. And this is what it's supposed to be for us to be better. And that's, and that's why I'm realizing why people are so invested in these things without even realizing. Some people are co- complete atheists, but when it comes to that stuff, they're complete believers. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, it, it, the whole nutritional culture 
is a big religion, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, it's a big religion. And when you look at behind that, seeing all, obviously with the whole thing with Ellen G. Y., who was a Seventh-day Adventist prophetess, and and this, she influenced so heavily these big corporations such as Kellogg's, who was, you know, an avid Seventh-day Adventist follower, then you, you kind of understand the direction and you can kind of see why this is such a religion today, you yeah, know? Totally. Totally. That's such a great point. And, and with religion, like you can belong to any religion. Like we, we think the same thing in nutrition. If you want to be vegan and plant-based and whatever, that's fine. Go for it. Like we'll support you. Just know the facts. You should understand the actual facts of nutrition before you make that yeah. decision. Uh, what does your diet look like today? Have you been able to reintroduce some plant foods or is it very strict? Oh, Where are you on there? I'm, 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 Pretty strict. The only thing once in a while I'll have is a salad burger, meaning like my, my burger is wrapped into a, a, a lettuce lettuce wrap. That's it. Uh, once in a while I'll have that. Uh, otherwise, you no, know, the fruits is very on, only food that I indulge. I I, I I I introduce fruits again, which is pineapple. That's the only food that I'm that I eat once in a while. Also, it's not often but i'll eat it if, if if i crave for a fruit or if i want something sweet i'll i'll have a pineapple that does that goes well with my body uh i had tried prior to my year i tried some of the fruits like strawberries and blueberries i tried other fruits but they, they don't sit well with me so i don't do fruits or no more besides the pineapple uh other than that i i was doing coffee Bullet, my bulletproof coffee. I I diminished the coffee since I said that after my one year I really want to cut off coffee completely. So now I my coffee once or so or a week I'll have a coffee until I completely eliminate the coffee. Um, and that's 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 pretty much it, man. I my, I I like to I, I like to have my I'll have kefir here and there, yogurt here and there. I'll have my yogurt. Um, I don't you obviously I don't do seed oils anymore. Once in a while, uh, I, I may use coconut oil once in a while. Like when I had my Bulletproof coffees, for example, I would I would take a spoon of uh, coconut oil. I would put in it with butter and, you know, and eggs. And I would do that in my coffee. Once in a while, I'll have that. Then that's, that's, I would say that's the most. Onions, I still do onions because it sits well with me. But that's, again, that's once in a while. I'll go a month or two without eating onions, you know? But if I do introduce something, I don't mind eating the onion. For me, it's not, uh, it doesn't affect me like, like broccoli, for example, yeah. or spinach or, you know, kale. It doesn't affect me like these things. So I'll have a, a little bit of onions here and there once in a while. And like I said, my, the, my, my favorite, my go-to food is pineapple. It's, I, I like it. And honey, once in a while, I'll have honey. If I, if I feel like I've sweetened something, I'll use honey. Cool. You know? Yeah. And those are the things, those are the things that I have, but not in excess. These are not, and not every day. Yep. So, you know, yep. my, my daily things are my steaks, my eggs. I'll have my 10, 12, 20 eggs a day. Uh, I'll have at least three to four steaks a day. I'm a big guy. I'm 245 pounds, you know, so I'm a big guy. So I'm able to eat. But when I eat like that, it sustains me, satisfies me. It doesn't make me think about food. Uh, and when I do think about food now, I, I, I think of my steak, slab it on, 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 on the pan or on the barbecue, one minute, two minutes each side, max, boom. 
and I eat that. And that's that's what I do. Yeah, man. It's so easy. So simple. It's so easy. We're not talking about very many foods. It's all the same foods that I eat. I don't eat much more than that either. And it's like these foods are always so tasty. I can never get sick of them. Steak and eggs every night for dinner. Like, awesome. <laughs> Sounds great to yeah. me. I'll never get sick of that. And I think and I think that's a misconception that people have. They, they tell me, don't you get tired? And I'm like, man, if you understood the flip side of this, you this is not, this is not even something that would come into your mind on, on the contrary it's i feel so good like like doing this that I'm, I'm looking forward for more of it you know what i'm saying it's like i'm looking forward for my for my for my dinner for my supper i'm looking forward to, to that because i know once i eat these things i'm satisfied for hours you know when when i get my when i eat my last supper when i eat my supper usually depending it'll be maybe around six seven eight the late one will be at nine o'clock. If I eat at nine o'clock, believe you me, I'm not eating till the next day, one, two, sometimes even three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Believe you me. And that's what I do every day. So Preach. naturally, I, I I naturally, my body's in is a natural natural fasting state every day. Because I every day I go at least 12 hours without eating. Every day. Unforced. And that's not even yeah, unforced. It's not even because I'm doing it because ah, no, unforced. My body just does it because it doesn't need to eat within those that time. Yep. I'm not hungry. Yep. So therefore I don't yep. eat. Yep. So my every day I have a 12 hour fast, but it's I don't have to think about it. I, my, I just do it because of the foods that I eat. Yep. And that allows me to be in that fasting state. Yep. You know, and it allows me to burn fat and allows me to 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 feel energized and allows me to feel satisfied. And people don't even realize that is the real secret. Yep. That is the real superpower. Yep. <laughs> you know, if you and I yeah. switched places and got dropped into each other's diets, we would be just fine. It, they sound very, very similar. That's amazing. It, yeah. <laughs> so, so once you've fixed yourself, obviously the next thing you want to do is help other people and appearing on podcasts like ours and James, and Dr. Yeah. Chafee is an awesome way to get your message out. It's how I found you to begin yeah. with. Um, and I, I really respect that. And what other ways do you think you've been able to help people kind of, uh, uh, get this information? Do you think you've been able to help people in your family, your friends and inner circle? Um, yeah, what what kind of changes have you seen around with the people around you? Well, with the with the obviously with the help of the podcast and also my social media now, I post a lot of stuff. I repost a lot of stuff from anybody, whether it's James or anybody that has food content and it's interesting stuff, factual stuff, scientific stuff. I post it, I repost it, or I even myself posting stuff. And that alone, you know. People are kind of they ask questions, so they reached out to me. I did DM some, some, some of them even called me directly, and uh, we have conversations. So I've, I've, I would have to say in the last year, uh, I have at least half a dozen people that I know that I've tried this, dude. That I jumped on, on that I jumped on the carnivore diet or keto, keto or whatever. Uh, at least half a dozen that are doing it right now, and out of out of half of those dozen people, at least three of them, I would say, three or four of them. Are, are seeing the results and they're like, yo, this has changed, changed my life. That's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. One of my favorite compliments to get is like, yeah. not only did the person that I helped introduce into carnivore diet, not only are they doing well, but all of a sudden they just impacted three other people. So our actions yeah. have these amazing ripples and yeah. you know, half a dozen people, that's not the, the, the entire population, but that those are lives. Those are people that are benefiting from, you know, your example and your story and your willingness to learn about this and share this information. It's just so awesome, dude. I have very much been looking forward to chatting with you today. I'm so glad we took the time to be able to do this. I really appreciate, appreciate you and your content and all that stuff. Where can people go to find you to connect with you and your work? 
So you could go on my Instagram or Facebook on the Dazzle, D-A-Z-L, regiment with a T, like our regiment, army regiment. And you'll, 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 you'll see my page. And that's where I put all my content. I put stuff that I do training. I put stuff that I do dancing. I uh, post, repost uh, stuff about carnivore and health and so that's 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 where you could find me you know? awesome okay yeah. so the the instagram handle that i read out in the introduction is that a different one or is that just the full name of the it's the full name full but it's name. the same it's okay the same. Yeah. But, but people can find you if they just search your name and that will pop up and that's an easier way to remember it yeah yeah that's a regiment yeah exactly Excellent. that's the easiest way to find it yeah okay. and i wanted to also add something it's funnily enough talking about never in my whole 20 something years i was being a vegan that i helped so many people in such a short time like never would did i switch people into veganism and they were like oh man i feel so much better it never it never really happened maybe one or two people in my, around me in my lifetime but as as a carnivore like in the short amount of time that i've been doing this it's 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 amazing to see the impact within just a few months of people saying you know what let me try this for a month or two within just that little time they see a tremendous impact yeah and, and and that's the power of what of, of this carnivore lifestyle that I find because people don't realize that you could switch up your your pretty much any chronic diseases that exist on this planet, even neurological disease, you could turn it around. And I'm not no physician that you know is giving any advice, but I'm just saying it's something that we've seen. You've seen it, I've seen it, so many testimonies of people turning their lives around, thinking that it was impossible just through having a carnivore lifestyle. Yeah. So to me, that's just, that speaks for itself. That that right there is, is the proof in the pudding. It's the true superpower of what we have <laughs> right there. Yeah. It really is. And and to think that that superpower is actually our birthright and the way we should be living anyway. And it's just amazing to think that like you never, n- never, ever, ever hear about somebody trying carnivore. And even if they reintroduce a few plant foods, they never drift away from animal-based eating. I, I, I've never, not one single time heard somebody say I miss vegetables or plants yeah. in, in any appreciable quantity. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Dude. It's the natural human way, you that's know. Right. That's we 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 thrive for this. We 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 yearn for this. You know that's what I'm right. saying? It's, it's right. that's what it is. Dazzle. This yeah. conversation has been dazzling. Uh, you picked the right name. I really just so <laughs> appreciate you and your content. And and again, going out and doing the work of learning things and then being willing to share it with people around and share it with our listeners today has been absolutely wonderful. So so glad I've got to come into contact with you, and so glad you took the time to be on our show today. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'm so humble. I appreciate you. Keep on doing the great work that you're doing and inspiring and helping people because the world needs it. We, we got a world to save. Thanks, man. I couldn't agree more. All right. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It's incredible to see the podcast continue to grow and grow and reach more people from all over. We always love seeing all the comments and feedback that you send in. And frankly, in the last few months, I've actually gotten some of the kindest messages I've ever gotten from listeners of our podcast. And it's just really so overwhelming and humbling. And I'm just so grateful for that. Our intention for Boundless Body Radio was to always put something positive back out in the world and help share a message of health 
to hopefully improve some lives. And I'm very happy to say that I feel confident that we are accomplishing that mission. We absolutely love connecting with people from all over the world. So please go to myboundlessbody.com and feel free to book a complimentary 30 minute session with us. We love helping people create plans to reach their health goals, but even if it's just to schedule a time to say hello and introduce yourself or to just have a session where we can bounce ideas off of each other, we would really love to hear from you. Also, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review as it's a great way to help this podcast reach more people. You can also go to our YouTube channel, which I don't often talk about, and subscribe to our show, Boundless Body, where we post all of these full interviews. And I also post some shorter clips taken from these interviews that might highlight something really awesome that one of our podcast guests uh, was talking about. So be sure to go check that out. Thank you again, as always, for listening to Boundless Body Radio. We really appreciate you, the listener, and look forward to many more great episodes to come.